and welcome to Futures Focus, a fantasy baseball podcast centering around all the top prospects in the game, brought to you by Prospects 1500. My name is Alex. No, no, it's not Alex Sanchez. I'm sorry. My name is Nate Eckert, and this is Futures Focus, everyone. Um, I got I got I got ahead of myself considering I'd heard Alex do it so many times so often uh, and it is a beautiful uh, introduction uh, on itself but man uh, I guess maybe I was a bit too a bit too uh, into it <laughs> uh, again Nate Eckert futures focus uh, prospects 1500 uh, we have been gone for a few weeks uh, but fear not, we are back, everyone. We are back and ready for action. With me today, I have my friend and confidant and uh, fellow writer for Prospects 1500, uh, Mike Kelly. Mike will be going to the Futures game coming up here in, in just a few days in Seattle. Um, Mikey, why don't you tell the audience uh, how excited you are to uh, get down on that field and, and watch these kids hit. Yeah, yeah, Nate, I'm I'm pretty pumped. Uh, first, I've never been to Seattle in my life. I've been to no, no way, ne- never been to Seattle. So it'll be my my maiden voyage there. But but maybe I'm more excited just to be heading to the futures game and get up close and personal with uh, with all the guys that have been invited. Uh, get on the field, see some batting practice, and and uh, you know hopefully get some some video footage for you guys and uh, you know, get some news and notes, if you will, uh, from the futures mm-hmm. game and, and uh, you know, for a future article coming up. So I'm, uh, I'm pretty pumped for it. Yeah, no kidding. A uh, little uh, prospect um, uh, scouting report from Mikey uh, just right there on the field. Doesn't get any better than that guys. Um, I'm going to the draft this year as I went last year and I love going to the draft and don't get me wrong, but as I was just telling Mike a second ago, my God, am I envious of him and uh, Gail getting to go down on that field and watching guys like Jackson Holiday, Marcelo Mayer, Jordan Lawler. I mean, you name it. They're there this year, um, which leads me to uh, a little bit of a setup for our episode tonight. We're going to be going we're going to be talking about the Futures Game roster. Uh, as like a little bit of a preview and then uh, Mike and I will be um, going through the rosters and we're going to say who we cannot wait to see because I will be going to the game in in some form or fashion just not down on the (laughs) down on the field with with the lucky ones but I'll be there regardless and uh, we're we're just going to go through it and, and talk about who we're really excited about seeing and we're also going to omit a few players that we would rather see, and we're going to explain why, uh, who those players are, and uh, the players that we would like to see in, in their stead. So um, look for that soon enough. But first and foremost, we have about three weeks worth of news and notes to update everybody on. I will try, Mikey and I will try to do our best to get through this as soon as possible. Um, but there's a lot of stuff to go over here, Mikey. Um, I'm talking nothing but nothing but debuts. Um, we're gonna start from our last pod, which aired on June 4th. So from there on up until today, 
We're going to try and update you guys to the best of our ability. Uh, I'm not, I don't need to go through the actual debuts. I think what I'm going to do is talk about the debut and then uh, explain a little bit about how that player has been doing since they've been promoted. So uh, right off the top, it's uh, Andrew Abbott season in uh, in Cincinnati, along with every other prospect that they've called up so far. Man, Mikey, did you see this coming? This uh, undefeated Andrew Abbott dominance coming out of Cincy? No, I mean, uh, you know, given the ballpark and the constraints that are, are there, great American small park, as some people like to call it. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, Andrew Abbott, I think, has exceeded nearly everyone's expectations. Uh, he's been just flat out phenomenal as a rookie so far. Yeah, indeed, hasn't he? My God. Uh, it really is crazy because of all of the premier uh, starting pitching promotions just in the past uh, three weeks. Andrew Abbott, in my opinion, was probably the, the furthest down on my list. And right now he's arguably the best. He and Sheehan, you know, they're right there. So uh, uh, big, big props to Andrew Abbott and what he's doing uh, in Cincinnati now. Will the league figure out what his approach is? You know, undoubtedly. But you got to give these kids their their credit when it's due, and uh, Abbott is absolutely due for that credit. Um, next on our list is Brian Wu, the um, right-handed, uh, blow-away fastball, good secondary right-hand pitcher for the Seattle Mariners. This kid looks like an absolute stud. It's unfortunate that he had a major blow up in his first and only in his initial uh, debut um, because ever since then, he has been a very, very strong starting pitcher for the Mariners. Uh, I think he went tonight as a matter of fact, and he's at least through five with, you know, eight or nine strikeouts. I think I saw in his last in his last start, he went five and a third with eight or nine strikeouts. Um, I like this kid a lot. I like his swing and miss stuff. Uh, he builds off of that fastball, and he's athletic, pounds the zone, and uh, I think Wu is is a good is a really good pitcher um, in in the making for the Mariners. May, perhaps not an ace, more like a two or a three. But those guys are more than serviceable, especially in dynasty leagues and even in redraft leagues. I, I picked them up in my redraft and uh, I have not been upset with that pickup since. So um, next up is uh, Johnny DeLuca for the uh, Dodgers outfielder. I'm not going to go too much into him. He hasn't had a whole lot of playing time because it's really hard to not only crack the Dodgers roster, but to get playing time on top of that. It's not that he hasn't done anything. It's not that he's done anything wrong. He's, it's just a crowded outfield and, and he's there doing his job. And when I heard <laughs> Mikey, when I heard doc Roberts use the, uh, use the phrase and I quote grinder to, uh, to, ex to explain who Johnny DeLuca was, I thought it, it was like a backhanded compliment, you know, like you don't want to hear obviously as a baseball player, that is a great, it is a compliment. But for fantasy purposes, you don't really like hearing that word grinder because it doesn't really uh, it doesn't really promote that this kid has something special. Now, I'm not saying that just because uh, Doc Roberts called him a grinder that everybody should jump off the, Donny, the Johnny DeLuca chain, train because he has had a very good minor league career. However, with the team that he plays for 
uh, and with the limited opportunities that he gets, um, it, it would be hard to invest if you didn't have him right now, uh, because, but you could get him for real cheap. So what are your thoughts on, on DeLuca, Mikey? Yeah, I would imagine he's available in, in, in most leagues, unless it's just very, very deep. Uh, I mean, he's only getting sporadic at bats, you know, on a bat here, maybe a couple per game, uh, mm-hmm. on a limited basis, just, as you said, alluded to, you know, the, the Dodgers are just stacked with talent and, you know, at all positions. And, mm-hmm. and so, you know, it's, he's going to have to, first, he's going to have to earn a lot of playing time and he's going to have to impress in order to stick. So um, I wouldn't go gangbusters on him in, in, in dynasty leagues or um, you know, really even redraft leagues at this point, he's just not getting enough at bats but someone right. that you can monitor because, you know, he is, he is 24. He's, he's, um, uh, you know, he's not young for a prospect. He's not old either, but um, he's, you know, he's just a guy that I would say just, you know, you know, keep tabs on. And, and if he gets mm-hmm. hot get some playing time, then maybe, you know, jump on. Yeah. I'm a bit of a wait and see approach. Correct. Yeah, you know, it's just you know, um, just a matter of, of, of playing time is what it comes down to. Mm-hmm. And right mm-hmm. now he's not getting it, so he's not really rosterable. Um, right. You know, from a fantasy fantasy perspective, he's certainly mm-hmm. filling the gaps that Dave Roberts wants at this point, you know, for the team, the actual team itself. Um, right. So. Okay, yes. Uh, and I agree 100%. Okay, uh, next we have – okay, I'm skipping over my next one because I, I, I want to get back to him. But Ellie De La Cruz, everyone. <laughs> oh, my goodness gracious. Now, before I let Mikey do his thing because he owns Ellie De, De La Cruz in the uh, Zao Dynasty, that is the league that I started, and uh, there are a lot of our contemporaries in that league amongst – us it's a very deep league and the fact that mikey has ellie de la cruz uh it just absolutely makes me furious <laughs> um anyway i wanted to share with you guys a incredible stat that has nothing to do with his power or his arm or you know anything else it's his speed ladies and gents i'm currently on the baseball savant uh, uh speed page for lack of a better description and i looked this up about two weeks ago and even two weeks ago the the kid was almost in the upper echelon in bolts now a bolt is anytime a player hits 30 feet or uh or more uh, feet per second uh when he runs a sprint speed of uh 30 feet per second or more uh, 30 feet per second is the absolute upper echelon of any player that's running on the field. This could be uh, tracking a, a pop fly. It could be rounding uh, first and second on a triple. I mean, you you name it, it it's out there. And for outfielders, uh, not so much shortstops. Uh, you can get a lot of bolts just on like gappers and such. But as we've seen from De La Cruz, the man loves a triple, you know, <laughs> ever so often. I think he's got four already, something ridiculous like that. So I'm just going to read to you guys um, just a few things that stood out to me regarding Ellie's speed. First of all, he's pacing all of Major League Baseball. This man, he runs 30.8 
feet per second on average. That's his sprint speed. Second is Bubba Thompson, who only has 24. That's right at the brink of even qualifying. 24 competitive runs. And he's in second with 30.4. So Ellie has 0.4 on top of Bubba Thompson. Number three is the uh, all-world Bobby Witt Jr., my favorite player in the world. And he is at 30.3 sprint speed, feet per second. And under him, Trey Turner, 30.3. They're tied, actually. And under him, the all-world rookie Corbin Carroll with 30.1. So Ellie De La Cruz is only 21. He has 52 competitive runs. That's it. Guess how many bolts he has. Mikey, do you have a guess? Uh, let's go 25, 31, my friend, 31 bolts out of 52 competitive runs. I mean, that's like what? 60% of his runs are bolts. I mean, on top of the kid's power and his fielding and his arm. I mean, this kid is absolutely unreal. I can't believe it. When I saw that stat, I just, I, my eyes exploded because, you know, Corbin Carroll, Trey Turner, Bobby Wood Jr., those three for the last year or two have paced all of Major League Baseball. I'm not including Bubba Thompson. I'm sorry, Bubba, if you're listening, which I doubt it. But if you are, I'm sorry. Uh, those four, De La Cruz, Bobby Wood Jr., Trey Turner, Corbin Carroll, aside from Ellie, I would have always put those three, Bobby Witt, Trey Turner and Carroll all in that upper, upper, upper echelon, the elite, the, the elitist of the elite. But now Ellie has put himself into a whole other stratosphere. Like Bobby Witt Jr. has 122 competitive runs. And, and with that, he has 68 bolts. Uh, Trey Turner has 121 competitive runs. And with that, he has only 51 bolts. I say only because I'm just comparing him to Ellie. So um, it's really exciting. This kid, I, I can't even begin to uh, try and quantify on air how absolutely filthy this kid is. But um, I, I did watch his, his debut. Luckily, it was against the Dodgers, and I loved every single second of it. I, I did not care that I'm a diehard Dodgers fan. I really didn't care. I just wanted to see the great American predator, and that is – my nickname for him and if anybody wants to use it come see me first because i was the first one to come up with it so ellie de la cruz the great american predator um mikey you own him you love him give me your thoughts yeah so i've, I've got the uh baseball savant page that you're talking about pulled up and and so j just to put this all into perspective i'm a braves fan i watch nearly every braves game mm -hmm. uh, ronald acuna jr today stole his 40th base. Wow. And if, if we talk about competitive runs, so on this uh, on this chart on Baseball Savant, Ronald Acuna has 143 competitive runs and only 11 bolts. And he's tied for, he's tied for 156th in baseball with Yu Chang, Kerry Carpenter, Abasail Garcia at a sprint speed of 27.9. So when you talk about Ellie De La Cruz coming in at 30.8, you're talking three 
feet per second faster than Ronald Acuna, and Acuna has 40 stolen bases. Wow. And and the other thing that people forget if they've never seen Ellie De La Cruz is the guy's 6'5". Yeah. He's at least 200 pounds. Yeah. He's probably not much more than that because he looks pretty thin. But mm-hmm. this is a big man running. Oh, yeah. And so oh, yeah. Um, just unbelievable. Um, I mean, you know, chances are he's not going to be the best player ever. But um, when you talk about rookie debuts, he Oof. is just setting the baseball world on fire. Isn't he, though? I mean, seriously, uh, of all the uh, of all the hype that came in with Ellie De La Cruz's uh, season this year, I do remember last year, not everybody was on the De La Cruz train, even though they should have been. But coming into this year, people in the business uh, were certainly getting on that train. But your average fan still, even your your average Red fan still didn't really know who he was going into the season until he started doing what he's been doing in AAA and doing it at such a rate that it's just, you know, we were just talking about Giant DeLuca, about a grinder and somebody who needs to do something in order to make that roster and continue to uh, get regular playing time. De La Cruz is the utter, is the complete and utter opposite of Giant DeLuca. And that and that's not a knock against DeLuca. It's just to explain how, uh, how star-studded this kid actually is. I mean... When I watched him in that Dodger series, he hit a triple. And I swear to God, Mikey, he took four steps and he was on third. You know, I mean, he makes the field look so small and he hit a 465 foot shot. The damn near left great American. Um, it was I think it was the very, very top row. That was where the guy got it. And um And the way that he annihilated that ball, the way he jumped all over, poor, poor, poor uh, Thor. (laughs) Noah Syndergaard, my lord, that poor guy. After being Thor, the real Thor, years ago, where he was pumping in 100, now all he could do is throw a 92-mile-an-hour sinker and watch uh, De La Cruz (laughs) absolutely eat it for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Man, that was a shot. Anybody who hasn't seen that, I, I strongly suggest going back and watching in that that opening series and, and watching that home run. It's on Savant's very easy to get. Okay, so uh, De La Cruz is incredible, of course, but let's go on the other side of the ball for another incredible uh, debut, uh, Emmett Sheehan. Now, this kid has made me a very proud papa, as you can imagine. I've been on Sheehan's uh number one fan club, I guess, for the past couple of years. Um, Man, for a kid who didn't even see AAA, and I know a lot of people were making a a lot of about that. Um, Now, Mikey, correct me if I'm wrong. Now, I I have a theory that really there's not that big of a difference between double and AAA, and the real difference comes from high A to double A because – once you reach double A, more or less, you, you're ready or at least you're on the way to being ready for the bigs. Is that, is that a correct uh, assessment? Yeah, I, I would say. I mean, you got to remember that triple A has a lot of um, teams like to stash a lot of older prospects mm-hmm. or guys that were once in the majors that mm-hmm. – 
uh, can get called up immediately as a veteran on uh, case of an injury or something like that. So, right. you know, you're, you're up and coming prospects, you know, especially nowadays, a lot of them won't even go to AAA. Um, if they, right. if they perform well in double A and the club feels that they're ready, they're going to get called up. So, you know, and, and that is going to be the biggest jump is going from high A ball into double A um, because that's really where the cream of the crop is from a talent standpoint in the minors. Yeah. So absolutely. When, when you see a, a young kid make that jump and do it well, then put them on your radar because it's not going to be long generally before they're up with the big leagues. Absolutely. That's a really good point for us as, as dynasty owners. Um, that's a great point, Mikey, because say you've been investing in a kid, say Jared Jones, this is a perfect example. The pitcher for the uh, pirates that was drafted in 2020. I love Jared Jones. He was uh, one of those kids that just made my eyes come out of my skull when I was, uh, when I was scouting him um, going into the 2020 draft. And he was a high schooler throwing 95 with a ton of run. I love that kid. But he had a lot of um, c- control and command issues uh, as a pro. So when he was at single A advanced, he finally looked to see – he basically he got his stuff together. And then when he was promoted to double A, I knew right then and there that if he was able to succeed in double A, then that would be that, that I would invest heavily as if I hadn't already in Jerry Jones. And sure enough, he has. And now, as, as we'll point out later on, he was uh, he was just recently promoted to AAA as well. So, um, yeah, it's a bit that's a great point, Mikey, because if you if you've been if you've been scouting a kid or you've been watching him and uh, he, he makes that jump to double A and he gets like immediate success like. Uh, Oh, uh, Marcelo Mayer, I think, comes to mind. I think, if I'm not mistaken, he went yard in his first double-A game. Um, oh, Yankeel uh, Fernandez, he went yard in his first double-A game as a 20-year-old. Um, a lot of a lot of that could be uh, taken seriously because double-A, as you said, is it's that's the cream of the crop. Pitchers are hitting their spots more. They're not throwing nearly as many balls or walks. And pit, and hitters know how to lay off that crap, too. So when you get to double A, it's like the it, it gets real. So anyway, uh, off of that little rant, um, <laughs> Emma Sheehan didn't see triple A. And obviously that didn't make much of a difference for him because uh, his first start, he only uh, went – I think it was six or five and two thirds with absolutely zero hits, folks. No hits against the Giants, no less. And then in his second start, he got his first win against none other than the Astros, the very hated in Los Angeles, Houston Astros. So um, Emmett Sheehan is he looks to be very poised. He knows exactly what he's got when when it comes to his repertoire, that 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 rising fastball that he throws from that three-quarter slot even though he's six five um it's just a gorgeous gorgeous fastball i love everything there is to love about emmett sheehan uh mikey do you have uh, do you have anything to add uh to my uh, my assessment of uh, emmett sheehan well i i would say you probably have a higher opinion of him than i do um i mean he's done sure. well I won't, I won't take anything away from the kid he's he's only 23 uh, big kid, as you said, 6'5". I think he's 220, 225, somewhere in that range. Uh, and he's done quite well. Um, you know, from a fantasy perspective, uh, I think this is a, I think he's a better real life pitcher than a fantasy player. 
Uh, he's not a huge swing and miss guy. Um, a bit know, like but, Dustin, a bit like Dustin May. No, right. Or Dustin. Yeah, May maybe, maybe a little contact. bit less, maybe a little bit less of a ceiling, although, you know, May's ceilings now in question after the injuries, but, um, but at the end of the day, I mean, still somebody useful. So, you know, useful in real life for the Dodgers to have as a, as a guy that can fill in when the, when the starting rotation you know, runs into an injury. Uh, and then also useful for fantasy teams as well, because um, he, he's going to pitch well. He's just not going to be, um, he's not going to be overwhelming anybody. So, um, you know, I think the Dodgers have a good one. Um, it's just a little bit limited from a, a ceiling standpoint. All righty. Fair enough. Um, okay. Next on the list is Bo Naylor. Um uh, uh, Josh Naylor's younger brother. Naylor was called up for a cup of coffee last year, but this one, uh, this year, it seems to be the one that's going to stick as he, uh, I think he just went yard for his first time just a couple of days ago. Um, I'm a big fan of Bo Naylor. I always, I've always liked the Naylor twins, not twins, but brothers. Um, what are your thoughts on Naylor? Do you like him, Mikey? Yeah, I think that the bat has always been something that people thought would play at the major league level. Um, I know the Indians really like the uh, the defense that they get from the catchers, um, and I think that was you know Bo's biggest question mark is you know what defense could he provide. Um, in fact, I don't, I don't recall where I saw it, but I thought I uh, recently saw some kind of um, uh, managerial quote, maybe uh, or GM quote. Um, somebody asking, Hey, why, why aren't you guys bringing up Bo Naylor? And mm -hmm. it really had to do with that. He, he just needed to work on his defense uh, because they really pride themselves on having good defensive catchers in Cleveland. Um, mm -hmm. So, um, you know, as long as he can be adequate, you know, the bat's going to play. And so, yep. um, you know, he's a young kid. So just another young um, foundational piece for, for the guardians to, to build upon. Yeah, and you can't blame those Guardians for wanting their catcher, especially to to be a supreme defensive uh, catcher, because they're bringing up all of these young stud right-handed pitchers. Man, man, oh man! Which brings us uh, to our next call-up, none other than good old Gavin Williams, the six foot six, two hundred and I'd say forty-five, maybe even fifty-pound uh, right-handed horse. Um, made his debut and in which I thought he kind of got a raw deal. I know that uh, after the start, uh, people were really uh, kind of slamming his performance for, for lack of a better description. Um, but other than that one inning where things just kind of got away from him and he let four score, um, he was shut down for the rest of that start. And then, of course, he made his uh, second start, and that was an absolute dominant gem of a, of a game from a starting pitcher, especially somebody who came out in his second start ever after that first start where things kind of got away from him. He's at home, trusted his catcher. Bo Naylor caught that game. And um, just fills the strike zone up with that devastating fastball. It doesn't move a whole lot. It's a, I mean, it, it's not as straight as you think it is, but 
it's got a nice late side or i'm sorry late side it's got a nice late arm side fade to it and it's a heavy 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 fastball man like a like a bowling ball when he throws that thing and then his secondaries to me are the more intriguing part of of williams repertoire he's got that hammer curveball that i love i mean it looks like he induces like 60 inches of break screw gravity you know it looks like he's really really ripping that thing down and he's got a change up i wouldn't say that's his best pitch but it's it's very serviceable it's only going to get better especially in cleveland and uh and he has a nice hard slider slash cutter that he could throw at any point in time but the best part about gavin williams in my opinion is the fact that he's a horse he he can eat up innings without question tonight in fact he started and he's going five and two thirds i think he gave up like four but he's putting his team in a position to play and he's not wearing out the bullpen while he does so and as far as the dominant you know uh no runs two hits one walk uh, seven innings and, and six or seven Ks, those, those are going to come more frequently with every single start that, that, that Williams puts out. Um, but just keep, just try and keep in mind everyone that he is still just a kid. I mean, he was drafted in 2021. He's already up and he is the future of Cleveland point blank. There's no two ways around it. Um, I think it's already been a bit of a, uh, a change of the guard from uh, by, uh, Bieber, who's been struggling lately, to Gavin Williams. Um, I love this kid a lot. Uh, Mikey, you like Gavin Williams yourself? Yeah, big fan. Um, you know, he was pretty pretty electric out of East Carolina. Uh, they mm-hmm. made it to the College mm-hmm. World Series, I believe, um, mm-hmm. or at least if they fell short, he was pretty electric in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, leading up to that college world series, but yeah, he, he's been, uh, he's been pretty dominant in the minors, um, you know, going through a bit of, uh, expected growing pains in the majors. Um, I did mm-hmm. watch his game today against the Braves and, um, he did well, gave up three home runs. Um, uh, but I think all three of them might've been solo shots. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It, it, and yeah, you, you, you touched on it. The, the, the fastball is heavy. And the the curveball today looked great. Uh, had great, you know, twelve to six action. Um, you know, not as much as like a Clayton Kershaw, but uh, for just a rookie, a pretty darn good curveball. So, oh, um, yeah, yeah th- this kid has um, ace upside written all over him. I probably would give him a, you know, maybe a, a number two right now, but with the capacity of going to an ace. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, with with Bieber potentially being traded. Uh, Tristan McKenzie having some injury problems. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if Gavin Williams is is your number one guy in Cleveland uh, in the next year or two for sure. Yep. No, it wouldn't wouldn't surprise me whatsoever. And keep in mind, of course, you love your your Braves. That that lineup is so hard to get through. My God, you only have the best player on the planet with Acuna, and then you gotta then you gotta face like five more monsters in a row. It's it's just not fair that that lineup in Atlanta. But that's a whole other topic. Um, okay, we're gonna we're gonna take a uh, a very short break, and uh, we will we'll, we will get right back to you with more news and notes. Uh, Futures Focus, Prospects 1500, Nate Eckert, Michael Kelly. Thank you much. Be right back. 
Focus. My name is Nate Eckert. I'm filling in for my co-host, Alex Sanchez. Today I have with me Michael Kelly, who will be going to the Futures game, the MLB Futures game in Seattle this year. That's exciting stuff right there for you, Mikey. Um, let us get through a few more of these news and notes, and then we'll get on to the meat of this episode, which I already spoke about. We're going to go over the rosters. We're going to tell you who we love, who we'd rather see, uh, and just the overall gist of, uh, of the Futures game, because that's, that's the most uh, that's, that is easily, in my opinion, the biggest forum for uh, uber-talented kids to show out on national television. I, I wish it was more watched, honestly, I, I, but people in Prospect Dumb um, absolutely love the Futures game and everything about it, and this is their chance to really shine. So uh, very exciting stuff, and I am so jealous of you, Mikey, for, for going down on that field to go watch these kids in the cage. Um, okay, so uh, last on our list of uh, recent call-ups, we have two more. Uh, Henry Davis, the uh, number one overall pick in the 2021 draft to the Pittsburgh Pirates. Uh, former catcher, apparently, turned right fielder. Um, do you think he's done completely at catching, uh, Mikey, or do you think he still has a shot? Well, I mean, uh, you know, the Pirates are pretty loaded at that position, right? They've got Andy Rodriguez, uh, mm-hmm. who Davis was playing alongside down in the minors this year. Um, you know, by everyone that's seen them, you know, Andy is considered to be the better defensive guy. Uh, mm-hmm. Davis, the the better bat. So, yeah. Um, you know, I think for fantasy purposes, I think owners of, of Henry Davis are, are hoping that he'll get, you know, at least enough starts or games at the catcher position to stay catcher eligible uh, because mm-hmm. let's face it, having an outfielder in a catcher spot uh, a la Darton, uh, Dalton Varsho this year mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. A, a pretty big boost to fantasy lineups. Uh, yep. But yeah, I, I would say that um, they'll probably phase him out. I mean, I, you know, I don't know that outfield will be his final spot. You know, I could easily see first base uh, for this kid, but, um, I, I don't think it'll be a long-term catcher uh, situation for him. Right. And that's kind of what everybody was expecting after like a year or two of him being a pro. I mean, it, let's not make any any mistake here, guys. The, Henry Davis is an absolute beast with the bat in his hand. Um, his first homer that he, he took yard against the Marlins, my God. It wasn't like a, a tail of the tape, or it wasn't like a tape measure shot, but man, oh man, was it a no doubter. Did you see that one, Mikey? I didn't, nope. Oh, well, he hit it, uh, you know, the Marlins Park. Um, it's pretty deep, just in and of itself. He almost made it up to that second level, but man, just the launch angle, I think it was about 30, and he hit it about 420 feet maybe like 110 off of his bat, man, it was majestic. Pretty much like, like the definition of a majestic home run. And, uh, and it looks like he's just keep, he's just kept on hitting ever since that uh, debut. So good for Henry Davis. I'm, I'm really glad that the pirates called him up because they, uh, up until, I don't know, maybe a couple of years ago, they, 
they had a reputation of being quite slow uh, regarding their call-ups, but um, not not anymore. <laughs> Doesn't seem to be the case. Uh, any uh, any guesses on when Andy gets called up, Mikey? Um, I think it's realistic that we might see um, you know a, a later in the year call up. Um, they're mm-hmm. they're not uh, going to call him up and, and exhaust his rookie eligibility, in my opinion. Um, I think you know with the new um, rewards that MLB has put out to the teams, you know if, if they you know, kind of like the Mariners last year with calling up Julio, um, mm-hmm. if they call somebody up and that person goes on to win rookie of the year. Um, and I think there's some other um, you know, other yeah, yeah. awards or incentives that gets this, but that you know they get additional draft picks. I believe is the compensation or the you know the reward for that. So um, you know I think um, he'll he'll retain rookie eligibility for next year, um, uh-huh. and he'll probably be up full time next year as you know as their catcher that gets the lion's share of the at bats. Um, you know uh-huh. no catcher really gets gets to play every day, but. No. Um, he should get the lion's share, and um, I think that the Pirates will be hoping that he does well enough that um, you know that that maybe they can get some of that additional compensation for um, one of the rookies doing well. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm right there with you, Mikey. Uh, I'm thinking a cup of coffee, maybe after the rosters expand, something like that, but nothing, nothing too significant. Okay. Um, last but not least, Jordan Westberg. The uh, stud do-it-all infielder for the Baltimore Orioles. Uh, Second base is his claim to fame. And his hit tool slash power slash speed slash you name it, intangibles. Uh, Westberg is a gorgeous-looking baseball player. Is he not, Mikey? Yeah, I'm a big fan. I think he's underrated. Um, He's starting to get some love now with, with the year that he's put up. Uh, in the minors and um, you know, with his recent call up. Um, and so more people are, are, you know, taking notice of who he is, you know, a bit overshadowed mm-hmm. in that system with Jackson holiday, uh, Kobe. Gunner May Henderson. Doing well, Gunnar Henderson, mm-hmm. you know, is a rookie this year, Adley Rutschman, of course. So they, they've got a great Ooh. young core and, and a lot of people kind of, you know, lose sight of Jordan Westberg, but man, this kid can hit. Um, he was a, a key cog for that Mississippi state Bulldogs team that, yeah. that um you know went to the college World series and, and won it mm-hmm. um and mm-hmm. so uh he was a pretty big uh player for them and um he's proven the orioles right in in them taking um i mm-hmm. mean i think he was at the, the tail end of the first round or pretty close to it so yeah um, yeah he was this isn't exactly a kid that you know has had a top five draft pedigree behind him a uh, great mm-hmm. player but um he, he has far exceeded, I think, you know, most expectations. And um, it'll be interesting to see what long-term, what the Orioles do with all these guys. Um, you know, there's only going to be so many spots for these guys to play on the infield, but um, I think the bat will be good enough that he'll stick somewhere. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I like Westberg a lot. He's a polished MLB. You know, it, it's just something about the kid. You watch him play. He just belongs in the sh- at the show. 
and uh, I don't see any sort, any form of, of uh, regression or any call back down. I think he's up. I think he's up to stay. And I think next year we may we may be talking about him if he doesn't accept, if he doesn't exceed his rookie eligibility. We may start talking about Westbrook next year as the rookie of the year, unless Ellie retains his rookie uh, status as well. But you never know. I mean, he's in he's in the AL also, so uh, Ellie doesn't even doesn't even matter but um in my opinion he's got that type of upside and uh he's all he's done ever since he was drafted is, is crush the ball at every level and it doesn't seem like the ml like it doesn't seem like mlb is going to be any uh any different so okay that is all of our uh call-ups regarding the news and notes we still have a few more things to go over but i will try and do them very very fast uh Got to talk about Yuri and his dominance uh, amid these demotion rumors. Um, even though Yuri Perez has been uh, killing it ever since he got called up, um, the Marlins apparently have been talking about bringing him down to AAA so that they can – what was it? They need to uh, – to span out his starts like seven to 10 days, um, which is fine. I get that. You always want to take care of your ACE or your potential ACE. But my thing is um, if he's, if he's, if he's in route to hitting his cap on his innings and you're going to monitor those innings regardless in AAA, why not just do the same exact thing, but in the majors, is that am I uh, am I like on 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 Mars right now with that idea, Mikey? Is that something that that could still be done, or or is that uh, just a huge no no in in the player development scene? Do you know? Yeah, well, I mean, you, you can do it. Uh, it just becomes a a bit of a challenge uh, logistically. You know, if you're mm-hmm. saying, hey, all right, you're you're not going to start, you know, for another week eight, nine, mm-hmm. 10 days. Mm-hmm. Well, and you keep him up on the big league squad. Well, he's mm-hmm. going to occupy, you know, one of those 26 yeah. roster yeah. spots from that time. And so, yes. um, you know, you're either going to have to have a bullpen game, which is going to tax your bullpen. You're going to have to find a fringe starter that's out of the bullpen that could fill that spot for Yuri, or you're mm-hmm. going to have to play, um, you know, play with you know, with the roster call-ups, you know, as far as calling up a new guy each and every time Yuri's, you know, fifth day comes up. If you mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm, and then, and then mm-hmm. not only that, then then you're pushing guys around, um, you know, that are used to starting every fifth fifth game. And so right. sometimes that means it's it's every six days. A lot of times it's every five. And so, you know, the Sandy Alcantaras of the world that are used to pitching on a, on a schedule – when one guy is mm-hmm. going every seven to 10 days, it kind of throws everything off. So um, yeah. it's not so much that they can't do it with Yuri. It just becomes a logistical challenge to get all the other starters in sync. Yeah, that makes sense because, you know, just like you said, if the guy's pitching every seven to 10, uh, that's going to be a lot of movement, a lot of uh, back and forth. And uh, that could really screw with the chemistry of the team. Now, do you think personally that the Marlins have any uh, have any chance at making the playoffs this year? 
Well, with the way the Braves are playing, it's certainly not looking like it's going to be as the winner of the NL East. Um, <laughs> they're, they're they're in a hunt for the wild card, you know, and and with with three wild cards now. Um, yeah. You know, I think they've got as good of a shot as anybody else. You know, they're with Luis Arias doing what he's doing, and yeah. Um, Brian De La Cruz is coming up. Yeah, they're they're a young, young, exciting team. I, I kind of feel like maybe at some point they're going to hit a wall and they may, they may fade mm-hmm. away in, in contention. Mm-hmm. Um, I think probably internally they think of it as if we make the playoffs, great. Uh, but we're not we're not really expecting to. We're not going to trade away the core of the team. We'll keep mm-hmm. uh, running out these young guys and giving them experience um, while you know making sure our prize possession from the pitching size side in Yuri, um, you know, gets only the uh, amount of innings that he should get uh, mm-hmm. because he's, you know, as a, a 22 year old or no, he's not even that 20, 21, right. Or 20. Uh, I, I think he's only 20. Yeah. And so, 20. um, you know, as a 20 year old, um, you know, he, he's <laughs> not, he's not ready for 200 and 200 to 220. No, so it's, no, it's not, not in the cards for him at this point. So, Mm-mm. um they'll, they'll be smart with it i'm sure yeah yeah and i think you talked you talked me off the ledge because at first when i heard about it i thought my god now th- it's the same thing as jordan walker in my opinion but it's not at the same time because of exactly what you were talking about the the seven to ten games is really going to screw with um not only the uh the the team's uh rotation but also their bullpen as well so um, with Jordan Walker, I just thought that, you know, St. Louis, uh, basically just got tired of their new toy, sent him down to work on his quote unquote uppercut that he didn't have. Then they brought him back in less than a month. And he's, and he, you know, he's the same Jordan Walker who was doing exactly what he was doing before he demoted. I don't know. To me, it just left a bad taste in my mouth. And I, I think I, I had, uh, a bit of that in the yearie. Uh, situation because you just sometimes you see these you see these reports and they just don't make any sense on the surface but I'm glad I asked you though Mikey because that does make a lot of sense and this is of course why you're our star guest on uh, the Futures Focus tonight um, okay one well, hey, last uh, to that it, it might be you know kind of a, a a cool rule for MLB to implement to say okay uh, each team gets one extra roster spot to, you know, just put a player there, a pitcher that uh, a rookie, whatever that they own, that, that they only want to start, you know, every seven to 10 days, you know, kind of developmental Ooh, spot or something like yeah. that. I, I don't know how it would, would all work, but that way it's not using up a spot where they'd have to, to dip into that bullpen or, or find a rotation of guys to call up every, every time no. you need to start. But, um, I like I that. Know, something, off, something shooting from the hip that I just thought of there. Hey, well, you keep that, you keep that hip, that hip shooting coming, Mikey, because that's good stuff right there. I'm sure, I'm sure Rob Manfred is is listening as we speak. So, uh, Rob, take some notes, buddy. Okay, so uh, last but not least, we got to talk about two guys, Matt McLean and Bobby Miller. Uh, both have since been called up into the bigs and both have had a significant success. Um, Miller has had 
well, the last few starts haven't been all that great, but he's shown complete and utter excellence and dominance on Sunday Night Baseball, where he completely shut down the New York Yankees, who had Aaron Judge in the lineup that night. Very, very impressive stuff from him that night. And then uh, Matt McClain is still cooking, uh, hitting over 300, 900 OPS, got, I don't know, three or four triples, three or four bombs, you name it. He's doing it, stealing bags. Um, You know, I know Miller is going to hit a bit of a wall if he hasn't already. Uh, I love his big giant fastball. Um, but I, I do believe that he needs to mix in his change up a bit more and, uh, perhaps lead with those secondaries more so than he is right now. I love the fact that he trusts, uh, Will, Will Smith, and there's no one in the, no one better in the game at calling games than Will Smith. But, um, I think that Miller's going to have to find, uh, you know, an appropriate mix so that he isn't sought out for that fastball because it, it's it's nasty. I mean, it is absolutely nasty. But if it has one flaw only, I would say it probably doesn't run as much as you would like it to. And he could get a little bit wild with his secondary. So, But all things still uh, considered, uh, to be honest, coming into the year, I didn't know how long it would take for Bobby Miller to get called up. It came very early in my opinion, and he's done nothing, uh, in my opinion to, uh, to lose it. So I know, uh, Julio coming back, uh, puts a little pressure on him, but again, Kershaw went on the IL. So I think we're, we're left, uh, to stay with Bobby Miller and Emmett Sheehan for a little bit longer. And Matt McClain, amongst all those other prospects that are absolutely killing the ball uh, for Cincinnati and pitching well, Andrew Abbott, uh, he just kind of fits in with the mold, doesn't he, Mikey? You, you, are you liking uh, what the Reds have got going on there? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's obviously been overshadowed by Ellie, and we talked about Ellie earlier in the podcast here. But, um, I mean, Matt McClain, if you haven't seen any of his highlights or looked at his stat oh. line or anything, I mean, he's just absolutely crushing it, um, mm-hmm. you know, batting over 310 right now. Uh, his strikeouts are a little bit high, um, you know, but, hey, when you're batting 310, you'll take the strikeouts. Um, yeah. he, he's going to be a second base guy. Uh, I think he was out of UCLA, if I, if I recall correctly. He was, yeah, UCLA. Um, you know, I don't, I don't think Ellie will be the shortstop. I think he'll be the third base. And so maybe mm-hmm. Matt McLean moves over to short. But I think right now he's going to be their second baseman. And, uh, I mean, you're talking, um, you know, a, a really, really good power hitter um, at, at the Keystone. So, oh, yeah. um, Big time. you know, Ozzie Albies is a is a, a good power hitter as well. But McLean's going to going to beat him in average. So, um, yep. you know, he, he, he from a fantasy perspective, um, I'm trying to get as much Matt McLean that I can. Uh, because I think this this kid's going to stay. He's going to hit in a potent lineup, and um, he's going to be good for the next seven to ten years for sure. Yeah, and, and that park, you know, and he's got that hit tool. That was always his calling. You know, the hit tool was his calling. And I remember when he was drafted, everybody said, well, when will his power come? When will his power come? And I cannot, I cannot preach this enough to our listeners that the power will inevitably always come come ladies and gentlemen 
if you have a hit tool and that hit tool exceeds and you've proven it at the professional level and the home runs haven't come just yet, just wait a little bit because they will, that power, it will come. Anyway, so real fast, minor league movements, uh, Jared Jones, uh, uh, as we were talking about earlier, started for the Pirates. Uh, he was promoted to AAA. Yay, good for him. Noelvi Marte promoted to AAA. Connor Phillips, right-hander, another right-handed stud for the uh, Cincinnati Reds. I mean, it's like every other name we say in here anymore is the Reds. Um, ooh, this is a good one. Yankee Fernandez goes yard in his very first double-A game as a 20-year-old. So that, my friends, is something very exciting. I love Yankee Fernandez. I would buy as much stock in him as I possibly can, except I already own him, uh, not in both leagues that I'm in, but definitely in the prospects, uh, prospects only uh, at – Prospects 1500 beat the staff league. Marcelo Mayer, another player who I happen to own in that same league. He also got a call up to double A. So good for him. Brady house is excelling at high A. So that's good to see junior Cam Nero, My God, how scary this kid is. Well, he got promoted to double A and he just keeps doing it. Folks still crushing the ball. Like you wouldn't imagine. Uh, this is a good story, and I love this kid a lot. Anthony Solometto, the uh, lefty with the funky delivery for the Pittsburgh Pirates, 6'5", like 230, big-bodied kid out of high school in the 2019 draft or the 2021. It was one of the two. Um, he's in AA, and he's doing really well. Had a really great first start. Dustin Harris has finally been promoted to AAA. I thought he got promoted to AAA three years ago, but apparently not. Ooh, here's a good one. Tamar Johnson, straight stroking it at low A. No longer in rookie ball. He's now a professional full-season baseball player, folks, and he has been killing it lately. Last but not least, double A, Tink Hentz, promoted to double A, one of my very, very favorites. Last but not least, under news and notes, injury report, Evan Carter is back, fully healthy. That's a good thing to see. Andrew Painter is on his way back. That's also a good thing to see. I know you're a big fan of him, Mikey. For sure. Yeah. Uh, rookie ball, Dylan Lesko debuts in ALC. That's good to hear. Jackson Job, another 19-year-old uh, uh, who got hurt earlier in his pro career, back in action during rehab games at low A. Ooh, this one sucks for Dodgers fans at home or anywhere else. Uh, Andy Pahey's season-ending sh shoulder surgery. Yuck, 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 yuck. I hope he gets better and better fast. Ricky Tiedemann set for mound work, so that's great. He's on his way back. And last but not least, Zach Neto. Nito Neto continuing his ramping up process, expected to hit off of a T today. Wow. That was a lot of news and notes, Mikey. Do you feel like we just uh, climbed Mount Everest, more or less? We certainly uh, ran through a whole whole bunch of names, that's for sure. But that's uh, <laughs> that's that's MLB nowadays, right? The the days of of wait until you know playing the service time games, you know, for mm -hmm. most parts over. And so it's it's injected uh, some some youth into the game, some excitement. 
and, you know, some encouragement for some of these teams that have been, you know, downtrodden in the last several years, uh, you know, Pirates example, um, mm-hmm. you know, getting to see one of their guys, one of their, you know, first first pick in the draft, Henry Davis getting called up and, Boom. and you know, playing regularly and doing well, is, you know, bodes well for the future of that franchise and gives them some hope. So I'd love to see it. Yeah, you and I both, my friend, you and I both, as far as I'm concerned, these prospects are the absolute future of Major League Baseball. They're not going anywhere, and I cannot love it more than I do right now. I mean, we are in a very exciting time uh, when it comes to baseball, and I'm not sure that the general public has any clue as to what's happening, but eventually they will, and uh, we'll be there to say, not I told you so, but... uh, in other words, yes, we're right. <laughs> um, okay, so now to the meat, the meat and potatoes of the program. As I mentioned earlier, Mike Kelly and uh, our good friend and correspondent Gail will be attending the Futures game in person. They get to go down onto the field, watch the at-bats, watch the uh, batting practice, see these kids in the cage. My God, does that sound like a dream or what, people? I know it does to me. And even though I'm going to the draft, which is awesome and I love every second of it, man, what I wouldn't give to be down on the field to watch the likes of uh, Marcelo Mayer hitting in a cage. Jackson Holiday hitting in a cage. Um, Jesus, you name it. It goes on and on and on and on and on. Um, so what we're going to do now is uh, we're going to go through the roster of both the American and the National League. And we're also going to explain who we, um, who we want to see. And who we would rather see. So, for example, in the American League, Clayton Beater, one time, 2020, third third rounder, I believe, pick for the Dodgers, was traded to, uh, I can't remember who he was traded to, maybe the White Sox, somebody, some, somewhere in the American League. Yankees. Oh, yes, that's right, the Yankees. Thank you, sir. Clayton Beater has been nominated to play in the in the Futures game this year. Well, to be honest, I'm not all that excited about that, Clayton. I'm sorry. Um, but you know who I would rather see is Chase Petty, who's been killing it lately. And I would just rather see him myself because to see the kid in the flesh, walk up to him, shake his hand, etc., cetera, um, that would be more exciting to me than Clayton Beater. Now, this also goes without being said that this is not to take away from any of the players who have been nominated for the Futures game because that in and of itself is a huge, 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 huge accomplishment and good for them. With that said, however, this is just an exercise that Mike and I can talk about regarding who we would rather see in the Futures game because Mikey, God bless him, is going to be down there on the field with him. And I will just be watching either from television or in the stands somewhere. So uh, why don't we lead with you, Mikey? Um, Let's do the American League. Let's start with the American League. And uh, if you would do me the the honor of simply going through the roster and along the way, 
um, just explain to the listeners who you are excited about watching, meeting, talking to, etc., taking video of, um, and who you're not so much looking forward to all of that. And in that case, who would you rather see at the Futures game this year? Okay. Yeah, so looking through the American League roster, you know, the first thing that kind of pops pops out or sticks out to me is that I, I think the pitchers on the American League side, uh, at least on paper, um, I'm, I'm a bit underwhelmed, I guess, by that mm-hmm. by that group there. Now, yep. I, I believe um, MLB employs the same philosophy of having at least one representative mm. per team in the game. Mm-hmm. And so I think mm-hmm. that might have led a little bit to some of these names being selected. Um, mm-hmm. Not that anybody that's been selected selected is having a bad year per se, but um, mm-hmm. just that there, you know, there's going to be some others out there in the American league minor league system that um, I would like. But as far as uh, who I'm looking forward to talking to or, or seeing in the cage, um, I'm certainly looking forward to seeing Kyle Manzardo, um, you know, oh, yeah. power, power hitter out of uh, Washington State, I believe. Washington State, my alma mater. There you go. My my bachelor's degree. Go Cougs. Go, go Cougs. Um, you know, but it, it, if if you think that Tampa Bay just keeps pumping out prospects, it's because they do. And this kid's <laughs> the next one in line. And, um, you know, just – Good hit tool, good power tool, um, you know, should be a, a, um, a key cog for them at, at the first base um, position for them. You know, once he does get the call up, he's in AAA now, so he's he's right on the cusp. Um, in fact, I was a little bit concerned that he would get called up and, and not get to play into this game. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I think they're going to they're going to save him. So definitely looking forward to seeing him. Um, and then I also kind of want to see the hometown kid, uh, Jonathan Classe. Um, mm-hmm. He was not involved in the Luis Castillo trade, unlike a lot of his other fellow prospects. <laughs> um, yeah. I think there's a reason why the Mariners hung on to him. Uh, that kid is just uh, impressive on the base pass. He's very tiny. I think he's only 5'9", uh, maybe a buck 50, a buck 60, buck 60 um, but he's very quick. Um, and I'm looking forward to seeing um, if he can uh, show out for the home crowd. Uh, as mm. far as uh, who I would have liked to see instead of who made it to the roster, um, I would have liked to seen uh, Colton Kowser, uh for the Orioles. Oh, he did not yeah. selected. Uh, his teammate wow. Heston Kerstad did, uh, but I would have liked to have seen Colton Kowser. And I think the player I would replace him with, or replace him on the roster for would be uh-huh. um, Will Klein of the Royals. Um, yep. I think Will is is probably a reliever long term. Um, yep. He's being employed as a starter, um, or has been, but I think they're starting to move him into the bullpen role. He's done well mm-hmm. this year, just not to the level of you know what I think of as future star. Right. All right. Awesome. So that that was your American League. That was uh, did we did we touch on everybody that you had there, Mikey? 
Yeah, th- those are the the names that stick out. I mean, there's obviously okay. obvious, obviously some other great talents in Caminero and Holiday and Marcelo Mayer right. and those guys. Right. But um, as far as the guys that I'm most looking forward to seeing. Uh-huh. Yep. Perfect. All right. Beautiful. Thank you, sir. Um, I'm right there with you uh, regarding uh, Kyle Manzardo, obviously. Uh, go Cougs. Uh, just the single fact that somebody is in, I don't know, the top 20 uh, overall prospects and he went to Washington state for me is exciting because, uh, I love that program and I love that school and they haven't been having much luck in anything recently, as far as athletics are concerned, uh, maybe basketball, but that wasn't too long. That was a while ago. Anyway, um, who I'm looking forward to or who I would be looking forward to if I were down on the field, let's say. Drew Gilbert, man. I love this kid. I love everything there is to love about this kid. Spencer Jones, I think, would be awesome to watch hit at Safeco. Sorry, uh, what's it called? T-Mobile at T-Mobile now because T-Mobile is a cavernous, uh, never-ending with the wind pushing in from the Puget Sound, I mean, it is very difficult to hit home runs at T-Mobile. And I want to see how small Spencer Jones makes that park look because I'm already all in on Spencer Jones. I love that kid. Um, Heston, I want to see for sure. Um, let's see here. I'm with you as far as the pitching was concerned. Not a big fan of pretty much all of them. I'd rather see, ooh, you know who I would like to see a lot is Noah Schultz, that big lefty uh, mini, mini big unit uh, for the uh, for the White Sox um, taken in the 2022 draft out of high school. Uh, he's in low A, big lefty, uh, four starts just over the past 30 days, nine innings, only one hit, no runs, one walk, 13 Ks. Um, I think he started out the year hurt. Uh, the reason I would like to see him is because these low A guys, you just don't get to see them very often. I mean, even with video and such, um, I'm on YouTube all the time trying to get a glimpse of these kids, and it's really difficult. Uh, another one that I would like to see is uh, Mason Montgomery, who was uh, an omission uh, out of double A, Tampa Bay uh, starter, lefty, 23, five starts. This, all of the stats I'm going to mention here are just in the last 30 days. Uh, five starts, 26 innings pitched, 13 hits, only six earned, nine walks, 31 Ks. That's a 2.08 ERA and an, a 0.85 whip. He's been doing that all year long. Uh, and last but not least, who I would rather see is probably uh, Frank Mazzucato, uh from the Kansas City Royals, another lefty, another 19-year-old who has since been promoted to high A after missing a month on the IL. They decided to <laughs> just throw him up there after he got off the IL. Uh, but he's pitching to the tune of a 3.04 ERA and a 1.25 whip. That's an 85 to 34 strikeout to walk ratio in just 56 and a third innings pitched. So more so than anything. Oh, I got one last guy who I would really love to see on the American League side pitching wise, Luis Morales. And this is why uh, this is why I'm bringing him up. 
we just we never get to see these kids, especially the ones who are fresh out of the Dominican Summer League, who are in one of the complex leagues. But Luis Morales is 20 years old. He's had four starts, 11 innings pitched, four hits, one earned, two walks, 16 Ks. I want to see him. I want to see him in the flesh. And I want to see what he can do against, you know, uh, minor leagues best. And I think that's somehow, some way, uh, I think that gets lost a little bit in these in these future game selections. Don't get me wrong. There are a plethora of very deserved and very strong prospects in this game. But I think they miss it ever so often. Um, so, yeah, that's my American League uh, likes and dislikes. How about you for uh, National League, Mikey? Yeah, I would have loved to have seen Andrew Painter. Although I think had he been healthy, he would have he would have been in you know the, the rotation for the Phillies. So maybe uh, mm. maybe yeah, it'd be it, maybe it's a moot point anyway. But uh, would have loved to have seen him um, you know take on you know the hitters from the American League side. You know Caminero and Holiday mm. and Mayer and those mm. guys. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, big big Andrew Painter fan. Um, yeah. I, I was I was really disappointed to not see uh, Mason Wynn on the mm, roster yeah. again this year. Uh, you yeah. know, he kind of blew up last year with his defense. Uh, more importantly, his arm. Um, you know, triple digit uh, arm speed, uh, velocity across the diamond. Um, well, he was I, I would have loved to have seen was... him, and I and I I think he would have been you know, pretty deserving. He's got. Um, 15, uh, about uh, 15 stolen bases, give or take. He's hitting 260, uh-huh. you know, but his calling card is his defense. And I know it's a hitter's game. Don't get me wrong. But, um, you know, there's a reason why people used to love watching Ozzie Smith play. And oh yeah, um, yeah Mason Wynn is just, to me, is, is a phenomenal baseball player. Yeah, for sure. He was in the game last year. Yes. Yeah. I just – was you know w- without getting the call up this year I would have loved to have seen him you know make his mm-hmm. second appearance in the mm-hmm. game. Uh, mm-hmm. Another guy that comes to mind is uh, yet another red <laughs> Christian <laughs> Encarnacion Strand, uh, yep. former twin. Uh, mm-hmm. But that dude has just been killing the ball. Uh, he's hitting 321 on the year, almost a 400 OBP, slugging <laughs> of 625. He's Jeez. got 18 bombs and 54 RBIs. And to me, the fact that he is not on this roster uh, is, is just an absolute travesty. It um, is. It is. But as far as, as the guys that I'm uh, really, really wanting to see um, is uh, Jacob Mizierowski. Uh, uh-huh. He was a yeah. uh, 2022 draft pick for the Brewers. Um he actually is from a, uh, a JUCO uh, here in Missouri called Crowder College and oh, was nice. getting a lot of buzz here locally last year, hitting uh, triple digits. And uh-huh. he has been phenomenal so far in the minor leagues. Uh, big, huge kid, 6'7", um, hmm. still with with room to fill out his frame, if you will. Wow. And wow. so I'm really looking to see, uh, looking forward to seeing him throw some heat. Uh, yeah. On the hitting side, um, you know, I'll probably die on this hill, uh, but I'm, I'm <laughs> still, a, still a Jordan, a big Jordan Lawler fan. Uh, I've kind of been uh, 
promoting the Jordan Lawler over Marcelo Meyer. Um, yes. And yes, I guess you know, maybe, you know, to uh, the dismay of some of my other prospects, 1500 counterparts, I think I'm in the minority <laughs> on that one, but uh, I'm still a big Jordan Lawler fan. He started off the year a, a little bit rough, uh, but um, he's starting to turn it around. And I still think he's a top 10 prospect in the game and uh, going to be, a really, really good one for the D-backs. Well, you st- you stick to your guns there, Mikey. I-, I can respect that, you know. we If you've got a feeling about a guy, stick with it, my friend. Yeah, I mean, not, not that Marcelo's going to be bad. I just, you know, given, <laughs> given the choice of the two, I'm going to take right, Jordan. Right, Yeah, he's got a sweet swing from the right side. There's no, there's absolutely no questioning that. Okay, so that was everybody for your National League, correct? Well, yeah, I guess is, uh, and the guy that I would probably substitute out is uh, Nassim Nunez. Uh, I think yes, he's a benefactor. Yes. He's a Marlin. I think he's a benefactor of of the Marlins needing to have somebody there. Um, mm-hmm. He does have over 30 stolen bases this year, so he's got that going for him. But the batting average is in the 220s, and um, I haven't seen him on film, so maybe the defense is great. Maybe yeah, he's a he's a there. very very good defender. Okay. So from an offensive standpoint, you know, to, to me, there's nothing to write home about, but you know, right. he would be the guy that I would replace for sure. Sure. Bring mm-hmm. on uh, Encarnacion Strand. Oh yeah, for sure. You know what the crazy thing is about CES also is that the, the kid swings at everything and he still has an on-base percentage of what? What'd you say? Four, 400? It, it, yeah, it's close. I think it's uh, looking at it here. It's, uh, as of right now, it's 393. That's, and that's, it, in, so that's, that's in AAA. That's, that's absurd. I mean, that that evokes like uh, Vlad Sr. Remember how many, <laughs> remember what he would swing at back in the day? My goodness sure. gracious. Yeah. I, I saw Vlad Sr. hit a double on a pitch that was spiked about three feet before the plate. And, he, and it, it was a rocket, too. I mean, it went all the way to the wall. So he, he definitely reminds me of a Vlad Sr. type with that with that uh, inexplicable way to manage his bat uh, in ways that only he and, and, uh, and Vlad Sr., I guess, have been able to do. So he's a fun he's a fun one to watch. So so we got everybody from you for uh, for the NL, too. Mikey. Yeah, I mean, you know, some other guys that stick out. I mean, James Wood is has been awesome. I'm really excited mm-hmm. to see him. Um, mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to seeing Pete Crow Armstrong in the in the uh, you know, at least from a defensive standpoint. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe he'll give us a a little bit of a Ken Griffey Jr. ish uh, highlight reel catch for us. Um, mm-hmm. You know, a, a guy that's kind of just now come on um, come on the radar for. Uh, you know, prospect circles is uh, BJ Murray for the uh, the Cubs. Uh, yeah, he's from, he's from the Bahamas and he's been lighting it up in Double A. Uh, so you know we'll see if he can um, you know flex his muscle a little bit and show that he belongs. But um, yeah, I mean as I look at it as a whole, I, I think the National League from a talent standpoint um, outpaces the American League, but. Mm-hmm. As they, you know, as we all know, they don't play the game on paper. So I'm just looking forward <laughs> to seeing uh, a bunch of great performances. Yeah, definitely. Um, okay, great, good stuff, Mikey. Um, all right. Uh, lastly, we'll do mine. Um, 
although it doesn't really matter since I'm not going to be there, but <laughs> just kidding. Um, all right, so National League pitchers, cannot wait to see McAbel, Tinkens. Tinkens is arguably my favorite uh, pitching prospect in baseball. There's just something about that kid I absolutely love. Uh, Kyle Harrison, who I think you can make an argument for being the best uh, pitching prospect yet to hit the bigs. And uh, Mike Vassil, or Vassil, or Vassil, Vassil, for the right-handed, uh, tall, lanky right-hander for the uh, New York Mets, who has really, really come on the scene this year with some great stats. So I would love to see him in person, see what he's all about. Um, let's see here. Uh, just same same kind of thing that I was talking about earlier regarding not being able to see certain kids because they're just in the lower levels and, and or are international players. I'm going to name a name from uh, South Korea who I talked about uh, weeks ago, maybe even months ago on Futures Focus. His name is Jung Seok Shim. He's a South Korean starting pitcher. He's six five, six six. Um, 220, 225, a horse of a kid. And when I, when I did my feature about him, uh, months ago, he was 18. He could possibly still be 18, although I doubt it. He's probably 19 now. Um, he's, he's, yeah, I'm sorry. He is 19. Uh, he's pitching in the, uh, the F, the F, the FCL. He's the Florida complex league. Now, granted, you know, these youngsters who are in the rookie leagues, he only has two starts to his name. But after watching the tape that this kid put from uh, Korea, this is what got me on the the uh, shim train, if you will. He's got the heaviest looking fastball. I mean, he looks like Kurt Schilling, but it's it's uh, a young 18-year-old Korean kid. <laughs> That's how he throws. It's, it's, it's crazy. So just uh, in the rookie league, he's got two starts. Five and a third, only two hits, only one earned, 10 Ks, one walk. So uh, obviously, I mean, that's that's not even a, a sneeze at a sample size. But uh, like I've said before, I would love to see this kid in person along with um, the guy I was mentioning earlier from Cuba, uh, Luis, uh, I'm sorry, Luis uh, Morales from Cuba, the uh, A's starting pitcher. So uh, along with that, uh, aside from my uh, soapbox of not seeing these kids enough when they're young, Connor Phillips, another red. Uh, he was a trade over from Seattle when Seattle decided to give the Reds every last one of their <laughs> prospects. Um, 21 and one-thirds innings pitched. Oh, I'm sorry, everybody. This is This is not – an actual pitcher that will be in the game. Uh, in fact, if I had my way, this would be taking JP Massey's spot, who's a, a starting pitcher. So I would go with Connor Phillips, the starter for the Reds. 21 and one-thirds in his pitch, 13 hits, only five earned. He does have 10 walks. However, 33 strikeouts with a 2.11 ERA and a 1.08 whip. That was just over the last 30 days, and he's been doing that more or less all season. Again, to uh, take Spence uh, Schwellenbach's spot, Jared Jones, the aforementioned Jared Jones, who I absolutely love, only 21, now in AAA, 
And in the mix between AAA and AA over the last 30 days, he's had six starts, 31 and one-thirds innings pitched, 24 hits, 13 earned, and 12 walks, but 31 strikeouts. He's only 21. He's got a 3.73 ERA and a 1.15 WHIP over the last 30 days, and he's been doing, if not better than that, all season long. And uh, last but not least, instead of uh, Patrick Monteverde, I would like to see his teammate, Carson Milbrandt, who has been getting a lot of uh, a lot of hype lately as of uh, he was a first or second rounder this year, 2022 for the Marlins uh, out of high school, right handed, tall, projectable uh, through rookie ball in low A. He's only 19, five starts, 21 and a third. 19 hits, 8 earned, 10 walks, 23 strikeouts, a 3.38 ERA, and a 1.36 whip. So those are my pitchers. Uh, as far as position players are concerned on the National League, I don't have really any, any uh, substitutions except for I would much rather see Ronnie Mauricio in there instead of uh, Nassim Nunez. Uh, but who I cannot wait to see, uh, Dalton rushing, obviously, I think that kid is a monster and I can't wait to see him in person. Uh, Brady house, one of my favorites, uh, period in baseball, Jackson Merrill, Noel V Marte, again, one of my very favorites in baseball, Jordan Lawler, your boy, Mikey, Andy Rodriguez. And, uh, in the outfield, my boy, Justin Crawford, the uh, youngster, the uh, Carl Crawford's son, the young man who I shook hands with at the draft uh, last year. He's listed at 6'5", I believe, 6'4", but he's every bit of 6'5", because he was eye-to-eye with me, and I'm 6'5". So, uh, big kid, really fast, and I'm really glad that he made the Futures team this year. I was really, really happy to see that. Now, do you think I think maybe it had something to do with his dad, but I don't care. I don't care about that whatsoever. I want to see him on the largest stage and something tells me he's going to show out on top of that. Uh, Yankee Fernandez, who, along with these other guys I just mentioned, is probably my very favorite uh, hitting prospect in baseball right now. Only 20 in double a absolutely obliterating the ball what i wouldn't give mikey to be down there with you on the field and watch that kid take bp whoo that would be fun that would be real fun stuff so uh unless i'm unless i'm forgetting anything mikey do you have anything to say anything you want to shout out anybody you want to say what's up to no just rest assured i'll be happy to take some video of of bp and, and text it to you so you can um yeah. Watch it in your hotel room or yeah. Yeah. While the game's while the game's going on the following day or same day or whatever it's going to be. So, uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm looking forward to getting up there, uh, hanging out with you a little bit and, and some uh-huh. of the other folks from prospects 1500 that are going, um, mm-hmm. folks, if you haven't been out to a, an all-star game, it, it's a great time. I was very fortunate to go, uh, when I lived in Arizona, um, back in 2011, I think it might have been uh, when they had it there. Um, you know, this time I get to go as, as a member of the media, uh, but it's still fun nonetheless. Uh, I'll never forget seeing all-star batting practice and seeing Miguel Cabrera just mash baseballs through the, <laughs> the uh, chase field uh, mm. panels that open up, uh, hit a few, mm. hit, a, hit a couple through the panels there. So just oh, wow. absolutely destroying the ball in batting practice. And that's just something that I'll, I'll never forget. So, 
just if, if you love baseball, the All-Star Game is is just a great event. Indeed, indeed. Um, I just got a couple of shout outs. Uh, one is to Jude Hasek, um, family friend. This young man uh, pitched, started in his championship Little League game, at, and they ended up winning the whole thing on the back of the starting pitcher, young Jude Hasek. He listens to the show. So thank you, Jude, for listening, and congratulations once again on your big win. There you go, buddy. Sooner or later, we'll be talking about you, I'm sure. And uh, last but not least, my little baby brother, who, God bless him, listens to our show every single week. Even though he's not that big of a baseball fan, he, quote unquote, just likes to hear us. So God bless you, brother. I love you so much. And uh, Mikey, thank you for coming on. Do you want to tell the folks how to get a hold of you on Twitter? Yeah, thanks for having me, Nate. Uh, you can reach me at uh, mkelly underscore nd. Uh, as Nate alluded to, I am the uh, Atlanta Braves prospect writer for prospects1500.com. Uh, we will be coming out with our midseason top 50s, uh, mm-hmm. so top 50 prospects per team uh, coming out. I think we'll do the do the same format that we did last year, where we will release them by division. Uh, mm-hmm. But they will all be updated for every team. So if you're looking to see where your favorite prospect has moved, whether that's up or down or maybe into the top 50, uh, be on the lookout for that. So um, if you have any questions or need to uh, hit me up about anything, feel free to do so on Twitter. Awesome. Thank you so much again, Mikey. My name is Nathan Eckert. Uh, thank you for listening. Alex will be back with us soon, very soon. Um, and uh, I hope I was able to uh, do him a bit of justice while uh, hosting the show. I got to say, Mikey, it was a lot of fun. Um, okay, guys, Futures Focus, uh, Prospects 1500, Nate Eckert, Mike Kelly, we're out. See ya. See ya. <laughs>